you're listening to Being with Ayobola Deborah, the podcast, where I talk on all things pertaining to life, living, and being. Join me as I talk about some things, share some things, and be some things. A brand new episode starts right now. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Being with me, your favorite hostess, Ayobola Deborah. We are on episode 42. If this is your first time snooping around this neck of the woods, a very special warm hello to you. And if this is your second, your third, your fourth, or even your 42nd time of tuning in, a very special shout out to you. What's popping? What's cracking? What it do, what it be, what's it been and what is it going to be? Fill me in. You can hit me up on all of my social media pages. It's Ayabola Deborah on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also reach out to me on the official social media pages for the podcast at The Being Pod. That's at The Being Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. I'll be honest, I'm not as active as I should be on those pages, but I'm trying to give me uh, a bit of time, be a bit patient with your girl, I will get there. Okay, so on the last episode, I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with the Cokers. They are a really, really super cool, awesome couple. Um, But I did say that that was going to be the last episode of the Navigation series. But true to form, I changed my mind. Um, I had a moment, a light bulb moment, where I thought that perhaps the last thing or one of the last things that I should talk about is faith. Um, I've talked about life in transition. I've talked about um, career. I've talked about relationships. And those things are really, you know, important. They are key pillars of life as I know it. I'm not going to speak for everyone, but life as I know it. Um, But I didn't talk about my faith or I didn't talk about faith, which is a really, really big piece for me. And it forms a massive part of my life. So it only made sense that I would talk about faith. Who to talk about faith with, whether to do it by myself, you know, how do I do this thing? I decided to call on someone who I have essentially grown up with. Um, And in this episode, you'll hear what our earliest recollections of each other um, are. But we're talking about 20 years deep into this um, relationship. Um, I am going to be chatting with, or should I say, I sat down to chat with none other than my good friend, Ben Ando. Now, Ben and I um, have known each other, as I said, going on 20 years. Um, We've seen each other through many, 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 many different stages and phases of our lives. Um, And we're still standing. We don't see or speak to each other often, but anytime we do, it's all love. And shout out to his wife, Miracle. Miracle, you the real MVP. Um, Yes, Ben and I sat down a few weeks ago um, to have a conversation about faith. And for me, this was such a beautiful, sobering moment. Um, As I said, Ben and I have been through um, a lot together, you know, as friends, being in um, each other's lives and knowing his journey in particular and seeing the journey that he's taken and where he is today for me was such a 
sobering and humbling moment and it's just fantastic it was a really really great conversation um but we talked about faith from his perspective um and he had a lot to say uh so i hope you enjoy this one uh without further ado i guess here we go this is the first time i'm seeing you in, in like forever you know that <laughs> it's, it's been a while it, but i was actually talking while. about you today really why yeah yeah no we were just talking about just like churches and singers and stuff and um somebody said something really good about you and i was like oh i know her oh really <laughs> yeah Do you yeah. know it's it yeah. still baffles me obviously like i think my church has grown quite a lot um over the last year like the online uh following has been really massive right. and so there are so many people who know me or know who i am yeah but yeah, i haven't got a yeah. clue of who they are and i'm it, i'm still trying to adjust to that because i'm very private and very reserved yeah, yeah. and it can yeah. be a bit it can be a little bit overwhelming knowing that thousands of people are watching you every week it's a bit it's crazy it's a bit much it's, it's I a think lot it's, it's good because obviously you're good at what you do you know and being in a church that allows you to express yourself i think that's mm. the best thing ever you know yeah and um i think it's good to have somebody that you know keeps it simple you know <clears throat> yes <laughs> so we've got we've got a mix of you do need to come back and visit you should definitely honestly, come back and honestly visit. i should yeah, i've heard a yeah. lot about you guys yeah wow. a lot of things yeah. are changing but it's good i think yeah your it church is. and um it's your church um also there's um wait you guys are worship tabernacle right yeah then there's the tab there's, tab that's right yeah. and then liberty yeah. church you guys okay. are the leaders like right oh, now really? in the uk yeah really yeah yeah in what so sense when, like in terms of um popularity in terms of where people are most engaged on oh, okay. um, online and stuff like right. that um and then obviously i've spoken to a few guys abroad like artists and stuff and mm-hmm. they're like okay then you know if we was to come to the uk is do we have access there you know they're no longer oh, really? looking at the um what do you call it? They're no longer looking at like. They're looking for the places where the young people are most active and musical. Okay. As well, so that's another big thing. So um, yeah, it's it's it, you guys are are really leading, leading it like proper. So it's it's good. It's good. Your pastors are doing something right. Be praying for us. How are you though, Ben? I see oh. you doing doing your thing, and I've I've been good, you know. I've been good. Yeah. Oh, here she comes! I knew it. I knew he was gonna find me. I knew it. Yeah. AJ, close the door, please. I'm doing something. Yeah, she'll close the door and then... close the door. Close the door. Good girl. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where's mommy? <laughs> She's in the kitchen. We have got a writing okay. session today, in it. So some okay. of the guys come to the house. Oh um, right, okay. Uh, but I've been good. I've been good. Um, yeah. I've I've been good. I can't complain. How are you getting through the pandemic? All. How have you guys um, been it's, managing? It's been good. So I quit my job, mm-hmm. um, and it went into full time ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the opportunity to um to preach at the one of the biggest churches in um in India. Okay. Um, and then and so I just thought, okay, then from there I'll start taking you know the path of full time ministry because I started getting bookings and stuff. Mm. And then obviously the day that I was supposed to fly out was the day that they shut the borders. Yeah. So um so it it hit me hard because I was like, 
God, why would you tell me to to leave my job, pursue ministry, and then you've just shut the doors on me, mm. literally. So mm-hmm. this this year, it's literally been like trusting God, like mm-hmm. throughout. Then obviously, I, I I don't know if you heard about it, but then I almost died a couple of months afterwards. Yeah, I remember. So it was just me. like it, it was just like like was what the hell was going on? Mm. But I think when I was in hospital, that that was kind of like my my energy ball. Mm. because it was, it was like a sudden wake-up call and God was like, you need to take this thing seriously. You know, it's not really about whether you get international platforms or not. It's about the impact that you make and yeah. whether you're living that life according to what you preach. And mm. so I, after that, it was it was literally just trusting God until today. And, and ever since then, you know, even traveling during the pandemic, um, Arva launching in different countries now mm-hmm. and all these things, like mm-hmm. I'm now seeing that, the reason why God wanted me to quit the job wasn't because of the preaching. It was to establish ministry properly and do it properly. Yeah. You know, yeah, because I know yeah. that if I'd gone to India, D, oh my gosh, you guys would have known that I've arrived. <laughs> do you get what I mean? You know, because I've been waiting for that big break. Yeah. You know I've been waiting for mm-hmm. that big break. You know, everyone's getting invited to preach here. All these people that, you know, they don't have substance and stuff. And you're like, yeah, man, you know, God, like I'm waiting for my time. Then your time comes and then the door closes and God is like, yeah. I need you to be humble so that when mm-hmm. you start going out places, you're giving me the glory rather than yourself, you know? Yeah. And so that's, yeah. that's, that's what I've been doing. Um, but I started working recently. Okay. Um, so um, I'm working for a church. I'm the operations director for them. Um, nice. So um, building up their ministry, um, really great guys. They're white people, you mm-hmm. know. And so it's it's um. Is this the church that you've been attending on Sundays, right? Yeah, catch the fire. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Okay. So seeing <clears throat> how church is done properly has mm. really been like a real eye opener. Okay. That, like no offense to the black churches, but we've done it wrong. We've right. literally been winging church the whole time, even during the mm. pandemic a lot of our churches have been winging it. Like, I didn't know there was so much to church. Put the spiritual stuff aside. Mm -hmm. There's so much to church that you Mm. have to get right, especially during the pandemic. And then to be able to merge the spiritual side to it, it's incredible how they do it. It's so incredible. Like, and I've learned so much. So I'm just kind of winging it with God. At the same time, he's showing (laughs) me how to do things professionally and properly. So yeah. we've put like a lot of structure to Arva now, you know, I'm not doing everything now. Like we've got mm-hmm. like a whole like team of people in in positions and departments in both. Learning Ghana, how to UK. delegate, right? Yeah. It is tough. Yeah. It is yeah. tough. But then yeah. when you think about it, if you look at your life and you look at the journey that you've taken. Yeah. If you're if you're somebody who's sensitive, you will see how God has been orchestrating things to lead That's you right. to that point. So yeah. when I, for example, I'm leading a band of forty plus people now, but I was wow. leading a, a choir of yeah, thirty plus girls yeah, yeah, when I was yeah. in secondary school, yeah. right? And at the time, yeah. I I didn't I kind of you know at, as a teenager in my my immature mind, I thought as it felt as though I fell into it. It was kind of right. an accident. Right. And everywhere I've gone since that time, whether it's secondary school, university, um, mm. or even outside of uni, when I was in SOW, you see how I was always pushed to the forefront. I yeah. was always a leader. I was always doing something. But I think now that I'm at this point in my life, thankfully, there's a certain level of maturity that has now come yeah. with, with yeah. it. And so the way I'm doing things is different. 
So at first I was trying to do everything by myself and I might cut this bit out. Yeah. You know, I right? And yeah. that, <laughs> so I, and I'm very, you know how I'm like, and I've been like yeah. this since we were kids. I'm very like, I like things to be done properly. There's a, yeah. a level of excellence that has That's to right. follow through everything that I've done. If my hand has touched something, you'll know because it will be done excellently. Yeah. And I was struggling trying to do everything by myself. And afterwards, I was like, listen, I can't come and die, you know. I'm I'm too fly of a babe to die at this yeah, point. Yeah. Let me just, let me just, let me just do things differently. So I started, I devised teams within the team. Yeah. You guys are responsible for this. You guys are responsible for this. You guys are responsible mm -hmm. for this. I want you to use your initiative. I want you to use your skills. I want you to use your giftings. All I ask is that you are transparent and that you are honest with me and yeah. that you work alongside me. You, you know, you do what you need to do. That's and right. they responded yeah. really well to that and so far so good and I'm hoping that it continues in that vein but honestly yeah. delegating is a thing that changes everything so more power to you because I know you guys are reaching people as well um <sighs> you guys are doing My something different grace. you know you guys are doing something different it's it's new um you know how I feel I don't really go I don't go to churches I don't yeah, yeah. I don't go to yeah. church events I don't do <laughs> That that time has come and gone for me. Yeah. But I do remember how I felt when I came to the very first Arva. It was it was wow. different. Um wow. which is which is amazing. So you thank We're God trying. for that. We're trying. We're yeah. trying. I mean, I'm just grateful for the team that I have, you mm. know. And um I love the fact that even though it's a vision that God gave myself and, and miracle, it's something that they're running with themselves. Like mm. I'll use Carl for example. Um and uh, you can actually keep this in. I don't mind. I'm going to mention okay. some of these. I I love to give um, credit to where credit is due. And yeah. someone like Carl, for example, has taken on the vision as like music director. And he has literally run with this as this is his own baby. Do you get mm, what I mean? Mm. And it's, it's the fact that somebody that knows more than what I do when it comes to music is mm -hmm. able to have a level of understanding and then put the vision together. And yeah. it makes more sense. Do you mm -hmm. get what I mean? You know, of mm -hmm. course, I chip in here and there because, you know, yeah. <laughs> music is music. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But to see everything come alive. And then mm -hmm. one of the things that we've made so important about um, Arva is being able to still mentor people mm -hmm. while we bring mm -hmm. them in. So okay. it's now forced Carl to be like a father to a lot of the younger musicians in Arva or those who are part of it, you know. Mm. And so it's really, really good like seeing that. And now we have a music pastor as well. So someone that's looking at the spiritual aspects of stuff. So you don't just have random musicians who are just coming on gig days. You have yep. people who are joining prayer. They're being counseled. They're being looked mm -hmm. after. You've got somebody who's got the eye, who's listening to the things that God is saying and saying, hey, do this, don't do that, don't do this, you know. So that's where Sam Samuel Bella comes in. So he's a music okay. pastor. And it's amazing just to see someone lead, mm -hmm. you know, and pass the people. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, in our in our in our day and age between our generation and the younger generation we don't have a lot of order you know um and we don't have a lot of people who are willing to listen to the voice of god but be professional but listen to the voice of god you yeah. know and and it's important you know that that you have those type of people around you yeah. know and so i'm grateful for people like carl and and sam and um our vocal director joel as well i'm sure you know joel <laughs> I've, I think I've come across him once or twice on, on social media. Yeah, the, the guy's wild, like, and he mm. loves God. And mm. it's nice to just sit back and watch everything come alive. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Do you know, what? if I'd done this my way, it would not sound like this. Yeah, you know. 
And, yeah. and it's amazing how God can put things together without you even noticing. So Absolutely. I'm grateful. Like, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for everybody. And, and, and the most important thing about ministry as well is having the balance for family. Mm. You know, so I'm still learning how to navigate through that. But it's yeah. amazing to have a wife that's able to be so gracious mm-hmm. and still be a part of your ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, she has her own stuff, but still believe in what you do and trust what you do as well. It's not easy. Yeah. You know, I have to definitely give credit to Miracle because I can be busy sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not be at home and, and be all over the place. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she can be gracious and still treat you like a husband, you know, and then respect you as a pastor outside, mm-hmm. it's it's the greatest thing ever you know yeah. it's the greatest thing ever so I'm grateful for you know where I'm at yeah. now I'm so proud of you as Me. well because you know where we've come from you know and <laughs> you know I, I don't know if you can go too much into it but where we've come from it it was a good learning curve and it was, it was a good, good launching foundation. pad yes a, a yeah. good launching pad absolutely yeah. and I say that to everyone like I yeah. I think where we've come from our home um had its faults in the same yeah, way yeah. that everywhere else has its faults oh, where I am now has its faults nowhere is yeah. perfect but That's I think right. there was there's certain key principles that we learned in that space and in that time yeah. that yeah. have been very integral to the journey that yeah. we've taken since that time and yeah. I think it's what I think what's really important is people recognizing where certain places the purpose certain places serve in their lives right mm. so for example um, I always use this um, to kind of visualize and to kind of hit home the point if you think about the re- the rebuilding of the wall right when yeah. Nehemiah led um, yeah. the exiles to exiles to rebuild the wall. There are certain people whose names were only mentioned there and never mentioned again. It's so true. They played yeah, their yeah. part. Yeah. Right. So no one right. can say that the world, the, the wall was rebuilt without those people because yeah. they were there. And the Bible yeah. records that they actually had something to do with it. Yeah. But what happens a lot of the time is that people think that, you know, because I rebuilt the wall, because I was part crucial in this particular element or stage mm-hmm. of the process or of the journey, I must be there all the way through or I must be spoken of all the way through. I must never be forgotten and I must always be at the forefront and center, but that's not actually the case. And I think that very much so our home is one of those places whereby it contributed to building us to who we are. Um, But it was just the the place, the launch pad, the the kind of place for takeoff. Um, And I think if we look at ours, if we both look at ourselves in comparison to everybody else, the path and the trajectory that we've taken has been very, very different to everyone yeah. else. Not better or worse, just different. Yeah. yeah. Different. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked about so much already. We haven't even actually got into like the topic. Um, okay. So let's start this properly. Yeah. Um, we'll start with rapid fire. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, We'll start with the, the the main the main meal for the the episode, right? No okay, problem. are you ready for rapid fire? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Number one, Japanese or Thai food? Japanese. Okay. Um, hip life or high life? I don't like either, but I'll go for high life because it's. You're possible. rude. What do you mean you don't like either? It's just you know, high life. We we'll go for high life because you can okay, do that. Okay, that's your business. Okay. <laughs> um, London or Kent? Oh, I live in Kent, but I love yep. London. I, I can okay. never, I can never disown it. Okay, full beard or beardless? 
Ah, come on. <laughs> what kind of question is that? <laughs> <I'm> homeless. <laughs> as long as you keep your beard in Oh my gosh. I'm screaming. There's I no respect when you ask. have no beard. There's no I respect. I had to ask. <laughs> Do you know my pastor said exactly the same thing? He said that that's one of the reasons why he grew his beard because some people, they'll start talking to him like he's a small boy. But when they see the Honestly. beard and they see a few a few greys in there, so they see him a bit more... <laughs> For real, listen, the oh, bed is so every day, all day. Okay, um, number five, if you could sit down and have dinner with anyone, dead or alive, excluding Jesus, because I know that's what you say, um, who would you choose? Apostle Joshua Selman. I have three oh, people. Really? Apostle okay. Joshua Selman, Nathaniel Bassey, and Dunson. Okay. Those are the three why people are they, right Why now. those three people? I think I have an idea of two of them, but why those three people? Um, well, they, they all operate under the same... Um, prophetic unction that's number one okay um number two um i, w- I just want to find out what they do in their secret place because mm. only god knows how they operate like mm. it's crazy the things that god is using them to do and then also they're relevant in every generation okay it's very hard for someone to be relevant in every single generation and mm. still have authority in that you know, Nathaniel mm. Bassey is with young people, old people, the eldest people. You know, everyone is singing his songs. Dunson, mm. same thing. As much as he could be screaming and shouting, there, there's something that you love about the guy. His sentences are a bit long in the songs, but you will still sing them. Do and you get what I mean? The timing, yeah. of the, the timing of some of those songs is like, okay, hold on. I'm trying, I'm trying to catch the beat. Do you, but it's do you get what I mean? And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, just like, I hear you. you. Know, How do you get that grace? And one thing that I don't know if a lot of people know this about him, but He's recorded with so many great American ministers as well. Yeah, and he yeah. has that relationship with them. It's not just mm-hmm. on a music level. Um, yeah. So I just want to find out how they, they, they gain this grace. Like, I get it. They pray. They spend time yeah. with God. But I'm sure that there's some stuff that, you know, when you sit down with them, they can reveal to you. And then with Apostle Joshua Selman, I just want him to pray for me. That's all mm-hmm. it is. I just want to okay. sit down. And that grace that he carries where you could just... He just walks onto the stage and it's like, you just know that. And the wisdom that comes out of his mouth is crazy. I just want to pick their brains. Just pick their okay. brains, you know. That's an interesting bunch, and, but they're all very... Um, and I don't know much about Joshua Salmon, but Nathaniel Bassi and Junsi, I get it. Yeah. I yeah. definitely get I, it. I just want I to pick it. their brains. And then um, okay. they all don't charge. Let's not talk about that today. You know, let's, so, let's not talk about that today. I, I, I want to be not like, talk about that today. <laughs> I want to be like, how how do you manage to get this grace, not charge, but still, you know, that's. Yeah. I just want to be like, you know what I mean? But anyway, that's a face. Like, that's a face to face conversation. We will talk about that another time. It, 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 okay, <laughs> um, number six, favorite place in the world you've been to? It has to be Dubai. Has Is to it? Be. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do you thought know you why? Wasn't it, wasn't it, was it Japan that you went to? China. Yeah, China. I went to China, but I've, I've been there about four or five times, yeah. Yeah, I thought you would have but, said China. No, because I went to China for business. I didn't go for, okay, okay I did have a little enough. bit of leisure time and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But Dubai is because I knew people out there and we would look okay. after really, okay. really well. Yeah. And when and it was you your know the right people, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. When you know the okay. right people, oh, yeah. Dubai is untouchable. It's okay. untouchable, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, number seven. You're, I don't think you're going to get this right. If you do, I'll be very, very surprised. <laughs> what date? What date is my birthday? September the 
third or fifth. Definitely September. Okay. It's definitely between the first and second week. Is it? No, it's not. It's 20 something. Okay. It's 20 something. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I've got it in my diary. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. I'm not even going to tell you whether you're right or wrong. All right, number eight. No, I'm right. It's What's your favorite? Okay, cool. What's your favorite memory of us? <laughs> when I gate crashed your party. <laughs> that is that is that is the moment. That is the moment for me when I gate crashed your party. You know, and ever since that the was audacity. the revolution of our, our relationship. The audacity. <laughs> and you came dressed up in a three-piece suit. The audacity of it. Out of hand. Oh Out of hand. For those oh my God. For those who want to know what we're talking about, when I turned 10, I had this big party in the church hall. And the day before, I don't know what was going on, but we were in church. I think it might have been. Yeah, yeah. It was I don't upstairs. know what was happening. Yeah, yeah. But it the day before, we were yeah. in church. And everyone was talking about my party and Benjamin said, he's coming. And I said, no, you're not because you're not invited. <laughs> and he told me that he was coming and true to his word, he turned up in a three piece suit yeah. with a, with a, with a, a side parting <laughs> and his hair combed to the side. It's not but, my fault. But church was literally like across the road. Across the road. So, so, you know, you were, I, I to told be... you that you weren't invited and you still came. I don't, I don't understand, understand what not being invited means, you know? So I had to make sure, was I actually not invited? invited so i had to just cut turn up like, I thought, he came oh, and he was, eat, he was eating I think my it was like food six and or seven right <laughs> no 10th birthday was it 10th birthday would've. jesus birthday. <laughs> um, okay all right um number nine describe yourself in three words oh, i don't like describing myself in general um uh i think i'm funny okay reliable I know people can count okay. on me for sure. Um, and uh, uh, loving. I love everybody. Okay. We'll try to. All right. I don't know if I agree that you're funny, but okay. Um, <laughs> okay, last question. Describe me in three words. Loving, caring, strict. I'm not strict. D, you are. Let's let's not I'm, get into that. I'm not let's, strict. Let's not get into that, please. I don't think you. I'm. I don't think oh. strict is. The, I don't think strict is 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 the right word to use to describe me. And this is the first time I'm disagreeing with a guest about the word they really? use to describe me. Hundred percent. I don't think it's no, strict. No, but no. I think okay, I'm, what would I you think say? I'm firm. I think I'm firm. Firm and strict, similar things. They're similar, but they're not the same. I think I'm firm. So. Being firm means that you're cool generally, but you know where the boundaries are. You know, but you like, can you can be you can be you can be cool and strict at the same time. That's firm. I mean, no, it's it's strict. I'm not strict. Okay, let's not talk about. Let's not let's not bring. <laughs> yeah, he not called bring me the other day, actually. Did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to return oh, his okay. call. Actually, that, um, that reminds me. That I haven't seen. Me. I haven't seen him for years. He's actually doing really well. Really, really well, actually. The guy's doing good amazing. for him. Okay, bonus question. Bonus Let's question. Go. What's your earliest recollection of how we met? I mean, apart from the party, it'll be church. 
Yeah, but the thing, I was thinking about this, right? And I was trying to like think about my earliest, like earliest, earliest memory of you. And I don't think I remember anything apart from that conversation where you fast up yourself and invited yourself to my birthday. I don't remember anything before that. No, there isn't nothing to remember. And and I think at the time, so like at the time of that conversation, um, I already knew who you were because we used to call you MJ, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I just remember, I was remembering already knowing who you are, you already being part of us, but I don't remember like actually. Do do you know why? I think you um, and obviously those who were at the party were my first friends ever in church, even though I had been in church for years. Because remember, oh, really? I didn't get the chance to be in Sunday school. I didn't okay. really get the chance to be in Crusaders either and all these things because I was always behind the drums, you know. Okay. And so, um, and then when I wasn't around, I, I wouldn't be in church because I'd be somewhere else, you know. Right. So it was one of those things where it was like the first time with me engaging with people. And you know what? Actually, tell a lie. I remember why I came. It wasn't because I wanted to get crash a party. It's because I was told that this party was a part of Lighthouse. That is it. I remember what? because I used to have keyboard lessons on Saturday at church. Yeah, yeah. And they so said that. I. Yeah, yeah. And they said that this was a part of it. So I thought that this was a part of it. And Who this would be... said... No, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I remember. Hold on a second. I, I can, I can I throw this laptop out the window right I, now. I remember. What do you mean? I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. You know why? Because I used to have this guy called Paul. Who was yeah, our teacher? Yeah, the white guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember, and I thought this would be a great way for me to make friends, because obviously I hadn't made no friends. My I'm only livid. friends was Uncle Muiwa and Kwabana. I'm livid. <laughs> I'm. So I'm actually livid. Yeah. So that that means that any man could have just rolled up into my birthday party, basically. Um, me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that that was really. I think that we were the, well, obviously because. You know, his mum was was a part of head teacher everything. at the time. Yeah. yeah, um, and I think they told my mum, and so I was like, yeah, let's rock and roll, man. Free food and keyboard out lessons and make friends. Out of hand. I'm I'm out, ready for this. Out of out of hand and out of line. I can't believe it. This is what twenty plus years later, and I'm just finding this out. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, all right. Let's get into the topic. So yeah. I've been doing a series um, titled On Navigating, and I have been looking at navigating life, but I've specifically been looking at like particular areas. So navigating right. life, navigating um, career, navigating romantic relationships. And now I want okay. to talk about nav- navigating faith. And I think those those four things are very key pillars to my life right so yeah. life relationships career faith they're all very important and so i think it's it would be it's great having these kind of conversations so you've had a past <laughs> you've had a past and you've come a long long way yeah um remember yeah. i think it was earlier this year or maybe towards the end of last year i said i sent you a message and i said you're proof that god is real yeah, if, that, if, that really I mean, hit me, by the way. Yeah, we're not going to talk about your past because if we do, we'd be here forever. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> it's been a really, really long, long road. Um, but I guess what I want to ask you is, how yeah. has your faith um, helped you in your journey and helped you overcome some of those things? Oh, good question. Um, 
it, it, it made me stay true to myself because I realized that Jesus was real to me. Um, and that, you know, when I, when I finally gave my life to Christ, mm. um, it was a realization that he had always loved me, but I was looking for love in the wrong places. Mm. Um, so that was my realization that, Hey, look, this, this game that I've been playing, you know, playing church, playing Christianity, playing Jesus and all these things. I was playing myself because I was just mm. damaging myself. And at the same time I was damaging people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to the point where I was tired of hurting people so much, you know? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't want to get too much into it because it's a lot. No, yeah. it is a lot. It yeah. is. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually like, I'm flashing back to certain yeah. things and I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. It was there was a time period where anytime I saw your name, I would just be like, Lord Jesus, not again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's okay. It's it's crazy. Um I mean, I don't I don't mind I I talk about it now because obviously yeah. it doesn't affect me as much, but I think it it was it was so bad it almost drove me almost to suicide. Mm. Because of the things that I'd done and the people that mm. I'd hurt, you know, and everybody was out for blood. That's how bad things were for me. Yeah. You know, um, and so, you know, when people say I'm a product of grace, mm. I'm literally a product of grace. You the are. The fact that I can preach in the places where people wanted me dead. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? And you yeah. can now lay hands on the people that wished you were dead. Mm. You know, it's it's only by the mercies and the grace of God that God can give mm. me a second chance. Well, Absolutely. I'd probably say 30 chances or so. <laughs> Yeah. Another chance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you. but um yeah. 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 Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Um I'm I can I can attest to that. Mm-hmm. Um because as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about you, I was thinking about the journey, and it really, really has been a long, long road. And to see yeah. the person you are now, it's like night and day. You it's know, crazy. it's like a completely different person. I mean, you still have your your thing. You're still you're still yeah. Ben, but yeah. in terms of your character and in terms of you know how you conduct yourself and how you live your life, it is very much very very much a different Ben to the Ben that I knew when we were growing up and when we were coming up. Um, seeing you as a leader, seeing you as a husband, seeing you as a father, seeing you just be you, and mm. the, the crazy thing is. All of these things were in you from very, very early. All right. Very, very early. All of these things that you're exhibiting now and still things, I think there are still more things to come. They were all in you from very, very early. Um, I was remembering when you did Warcry. We were in college. Oh, yes. We were in college. I remember you did, there was was one. Christian Union link up. Yeah, so the link up there you go so walk out oh, you did that wow. in trinity baptist in, in that's Norwich. right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, I was yeah. That, and Whoa. i was just thinking i was thinking this guy this kid like you had all of that in you from very very that early. that is crazy i wasn't even yeah. 18 yet yeah we were in college i remember yeah it was in college yeah. that's right we in college. oh gosh yeah, yeah. It was, you, did you go yes. to richmond i did go to richmond yeah yeah, yeah. There you go. yeah i just yeah, yeah. it was just before um i went to uni because september that's when i went to manchester yeah. And that's when I kind of lost it. Um, yeah. I remember Warcry. It was myself, Teddy, Jake Isaac, Edward yeah. Adjuman. And yeah. we packed out that place. That, the place was packed out. I remember. Jesus Christ. That was yeah. crazy. I was, was crazy. there as well. That's, that that's, that yeah. was like the start of his 
media thing that he's doing now when yeah mm-hmm. oh jesus but all of That's those crazy. things all of the things that you're doing now they were in you from very very early and time wow. that's why you you went through the things wow. that you went through not to not to take away any responsibility from from the choices that you made mm-hmm. not to you know dissolve yourself of any accountability or responsibility you made those choices mm-hmm. but i think that that's the reason why you had to go through those things yeah. so that you could get to this place now where you could look back and say, I am not the same person that I was all those years ago. I went through all of this and this is where I am now. So yeah, I can attest to what you're saying. (sighs) Wow. Yeah. I know we're alluding, guys who are listening, I know we're alluding (laughs) to a lot of things, but we just can't, we can't be going into that today. It's not, it's not, it's not that kind of thing. It's it's bringing Um, me flashbacks. I'm so sorry. It's actually, wow. 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 Okay. So, the world has changed so much. We talked about how you yeah. you've changed, but the world has changed so much as well. It's yeah. evolved and it's evolving at such a speed and a pace that it's sometimes it's really difficult to keep up. Yeah. And I think in 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 many ways, um, faith as well, Christianity or other faiths and mm. religions have evolved and maybe some have struggled to keep up with the changing nature um, of the world and how fast the world has changed. It is very difficult um to place faith sometimes i think faith has lost its place in the world it's no longer a focal point it's no longer a centralizing um point in Mm. the way the world runs right and it's now often looked at with a lot of scorn um people are negative about it even within faith there's interfaith fighting as well all of these different things and people have developed their own versions of what they think faith is or what faith looks like to them my question to you is what does integrating our faith into our daily lives look like it's funny because I was just preaching about this on Saturday and and I preached a message on where you positioned right Mm. and um basically it was a charge to everybody that was listening and um and the Holy Spirit was just saying to everybody that the reason why people take the mick out of Christianity, the reason why there's so much dysfunction within the Christian um, field and all of that is because we're not positioned in our secret mm. place. Mm. And that's that's what it is. It's just simple. Where are you positioned in the in the secret place? Ezekiel, if you read um, Ezekiel chapter 37, it talks about, you know, the dry bones. Everybody has a sermon about dry bones. Everybody mm. has something about the, oh dry bones. Yeah, I've I've been sent to call the dry bones in the UK revival. <laughs> blah blah blah. But the first verse of that says that the spirit of the Lord grabbed Ezekiel's hand. Mm. It's because he was positioned in the right place. Mm-hmm. He had his moment with God, where God could find him and grab him by the hand and take him to the place where he needed to to go to. And we forget about that. We forget about the process. Then it moves on to say that God gave Ezekiel instructions and said, I need you to speak to the dry bones. But we've skipped all of that process and we've gone straight into the miracles. And we wonder why there's so much confusion, all these things, because number one, we have no secret place. We're not positioned in the right place. And then we're not in a position to listen to, to listen or hear from God. So before Ezekiel could speak, God had given him instructions. And then he repeated what God said. And then the dry bones came together. But then mm. the beautiful thing about this is that Ezekiel was still positioned in waiting for the next instruction. Mm. 
So many of us Christians, we have an encounter with Jesus and it's like, boom, let's go running. We've suddenly grown wings. We can do things by ourselves. But God is like, where are you positioned? Number one, in your secret place and where are you positioned in him for, for him to, to speak to you? And so Ezekiel now had to wait for the second instruction where now flesh came onto the bones. Do you get what I mean? And it says that there was wind that came from northeast, southwest. It's because Ezekiel was positioned in the right place. The same thing could talk about Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, it says that the seraphim angels left the presence of God to touch Isaiah's lips. Where mm-hmm. was Isaiah positioned at the time? He was mm-hmm. positioned in order for him to have that, that you know, encounter with the angels. Because come on, like, if I was a seraphim angel, you think I'm, I'm not leaving anywhere. I, mm-hmm. My job is to cover God's glory. That's nothing mm-hmm. better than that. But where was Isaiah positioned? And so I, I, will, I would say to everybody, where are you positioned in order for God to communicate with you, in order for you to have that, that, that seek, to be in a secret place with him? Let's first and foremost yeah. start with our relationship with God first before we start dictating other people's relationship with God. And when we're able to get our answers directly from him and wait for him as well, that's when we're able to do Christianity right. The reason why all these other religions, I'm not going to name all these religions, but the reason why there's no bitterness between them, of course, we have different types of different religions, but they're able to do things in sync is because they're found in the secret place. Mm. Let's be honest. When it's time for them to pray, they have their moment. You can't interrupt, you know, certain religions. You can't interrupt their prayer time. When they say it's six o'clock, even if they're working, they position themselves even at work for them to be respectful. Yeah. But if a Christian yeah. says it's time for me to pray, they be like, come on, you're not serious. Mm-hmm. You know? And so the mm-hmm. question is, where are you positioned as a Christian in order for God to communicate with you? Sorry, I'm, I started preaching there. But <laughs> it's about being positioned, you know? And when Christians understand the importance of being positioned and, and yeah. in your secret place and waiting for God, things will be better. <laughs> and so... If I'm hearing you correctly, just to summarize that and just to kind of hit home the point, it's mm. our positioning that puts yeah. us in 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 the right place to live out our faith in our That's daily right. lives. Right? That's right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay. And so on that, um, I guess one of the ways in which we slip up is, like you said, not being in the right position yeah. and not being in the right place. And those things by extension, then mean that we slip up in the way that we conduct ourselves. We slip up in the way that we live our lives. Not necessarily um, in terms of sin specifically, but just kind of um, falling short, which which is sin, but falling short in terms of the things that we should be doing, the ways that we should conduct ourselves, how we carry ourselves. And um, what I'm finding is that many of us aren't people of our word. We lack integrity. Yeah. Um, and integrity is so crucial to our faith yeah. um, and you know at the beginning we were talking about leadership and I think one of the things that when I became a leader within the last year one of the the, the things that I felt really 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 deep within me was um, Psalm 78 where the mm. Bible says that um, David shepherded, shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart yes. and the yes. skillfulness of his hands yeah. right and so I guess my question is how do we navigate our faith with integrity um, when there are so many things that challenge our faith and challenge the integrity of our faith? How are we able to navigate our faith with integrity? Be slow to speak. Mm. Uh, I, you know, it's funny because I was talking about your mum 
um, I think it was last week, right? Um, and I'm going to tell you something that you probably don't know, and maybe your mum okay. doesn't know. She's going to um, listen to this, by the way. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Auntie Books, <laughs> I love you so much. Um, and, and I'm going to openly say this as well. Um, so the day that my daughter was born, this is my eldest daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Your mum called me when I was in the hospital. Yeah? And, uh, sorry, it's just giving me flashbacks. And um, she called me and she just said, Ben, whatever happens, I need you to keep quiet. Don't get angry. And she didn't know what she was saying. I didn't understand Mm. what she was saying. Mm. I was just like, oh, auntie, like, come on, you know. You know, my daughter's just been born, you know, like, everyone's happy, you know. And she was like, be slow to anger. Don't react to anything that happens around you, all these things. I'll never forget that conversation, Lee. I will never in my life. And till today, I always give thanks for for mum's life. Because Mm. if I'd listened to that, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now with my daughter's Mm. situation. Literally, five, ten minutes later was when I went on Twitter to do all of that rubbish. Mm. Literally, five, ten minutes right after that conversation. And if only I had been still and listened, you know, I wouldn't be fighting this case that I'm fighting now, you Mm. know, trying to see my daughter because of my own selfishness, because Mm. of me being fast, because of me Mm. not listening to instruction. You know, auntie called me and said, Ben, be slow to anger. Don't react to anything that happens around you. And we didn't know that this was, that nobody knew that this was going to happen. No one. And I remember going on Twitter, being angry of the situation that was around me and stuff like that. And some before I used to be like, oh, I was justified, but I have to take responsibility because God had warned me prior, you know. And I, <laughs> if if I'd listened to Auntie Dupes, if I had listened to her, trust me, people's lives would have been in a different situation. And mm. so when, when we talk about our faith, we talk about being positioned and all these things, and we talk about integrity, be still. Be still. Because there's always a voice. There's always somebody that God has sent to speak to you in whatever mm. situation that you're in. When it comes to your faith, when it comes to people, when it comes to interacting with individuals, there's always that voice that is always keeping you on that right path, which is integrity. Because when yeah. people can speak good for you because of the way that your character is, because of the way that you respond to things, that will help you process a lot of things. And mm. D, if I had listened to your mum, literally my integrity went out of the window. Everybody that knew me at the time, you know, that was on Twitter, knew that I had thrown everything out the window because of anger. And I was I was warned about t- just 10 minutes ago. I was warned. And I didn't listen because of anger. I didn't know that. Yeah, I I, I, I hardly talk about it with people, but those who are close to me know that if I had listened to Auntie Dupe at the time, Mm. I'd probably be seeing my daughter now. If only, you know. And (laughs) that's what I said, that integrity is about being still. Mm. And it goes back to my first point, where are you positioned? Mm. You know, where are you positioned? Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, because the way God speaks to us, you know, we were talking before about the fact that the way God speaks to us can change um, and it varies yeah. sometimes. And sometimes he yeah. He uses people to speak to us yeah. um, and speak directly to what, to the place that we find ourselves in. Yeah. And I want to touch on that, but I want to touch on it in 
relation to creativity, right? Being creative. So both of us are incredibly creative and we have been from early. (laughs) Like you were my first drummer. And even now when I want to do something, like my mind automatically reverts to you first. And then I think, Ben's busy. Let me find uh, somebody else. No, no. Listen, I'm and, never and I know busy you will say. You. I I know I'm you will say that. I know that you will say that, and I'm. I understand. I know why you're saying that. It's cool because it's it's a family thing. Yeah. But I yeah. respect. I respect the season of your life that you're in now. And if wow. I ever felt like I needed you, then I would yeah. say something. And I know that you'd come yeah. through for me. So don't worry Always. about that. Um, but um, as creatives. Um, there is an element in which we don't get celebrated a lot. Yeah. And then there's also the other side where we do get celebrated a lot, right? There's this, this constant tension between being celebrated and being not celebrated. Yeah. Um, so for me, for example, often I hear, oh, your voice is amazing. Yeah. Oh, you, you gave me, gave me chills or I love the way you, the way that you use your words, you know, when you're mm. speaking or when you write, I really, you know, all of those things and they all feel really good um, to hear because it, it shows that the work that you're putting in, is 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 doing something right yeah. but then there's an element in which that constant praise and that constant adoration and adulation can lead to pride and lead to arrogance yeah mm-hmm. so let me ask you as creatives as a creative yourself you're in a creative household your wife is a, is a singer you, you're both writers as well as creatives um how can we first of all how have you dealt with the temptation to be proud and arrogant in the past and how do you deal with it now considering all the things that you're doing that's the first question it's difficult i'll mm-hmm. be honest with you it's very difficult not to have a big head yeah you know um some people come up to me and like, oh my gosh like what I, like okay this weekend so i went to uh, last weekend i preached somewhere and it was quite a big platform you know i think we had um like over 600 people on facebook and then like wow like they, they were, and from all over the world right and we had the likes of like Dunson all these guys watching right mm. so I came on and I kid you not the sermon that I gave oof, it was good man it, it was <laughs> <laughs> D it was I was like wow like you know you just like when you hit the nail and I think I had just come on um, after um, a great man of God, um, Dr. Oscar um, Gubadi, I think his name is. Um, okay. And he preached the storm, of course. So imagine trying to, you know, yeah. like, and so when I, it, it was like, wow. And I remember when I finished and um, the conveyor came on and was like, people online were saying, please don't round up the message. Please carry on. Who's this guy? Blah, blah, blah. At that moment, I was like, <laughs> I'm the man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, when you score the goal, you're like, but yeah. then I, it came to the realization where I was like, but it wasn't me. Mm. That was God. Do you get what I mean? You know, and I had to quickly check myself and be like, Ben, don't get ahead of yourself because on a normal day, you can't preach. Mm. Because let's be honest, and I even said this to everybody as well, I had written all my notes, I had my sermon and everything ready. When I got on there, the Holy Spirit was like, no, I need you to speak about this. So it was never me in the first place. And I think the problem that we, well, I had starting up was that the reason why I, f- I fell so hard was because mm. I thought I was better than everybody else. 
Mm-hmm. So when I was organizing events before I was even 18, I thought I was organizing events from like 14 onwards. I thought I was a guy. And let's be honest, like if Ben is going to organize and remember social media wasn't like that back then. Yeah. You know, it was all about word of mouth, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll post something on Facebook. It's like if Ben's organizing it, we're all going to be there. And that got to me. And so having that in my, at the back of my mind, knowing that I can organize big events and all these things, even before I was 18, when when life hit me, it hit me hard mm. because God was like, I need to humble you real quick because you can't do things out of your own strength. So using that, my past experience falling, you know, and looking at my life now, I don't take these things for granted. And I do mm-hmm. everything that I can do to revert everything back to God. Yeah. And there's a difference between being humble and having this false sense of humility as well. <sighs> you know, yeah. when you play down your humility, like, Oh, Oh, it's all glory to God. Yeah. Like, you know, it's 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 good to acknowledge that, you know, you have creativity inside of you. Yeah. But at the same time, it's good to not overplay it or over down downplay it, if that makes sense. So yeah. I always try to find the balance. And good thing is that my wife also puts me in check as well. <laughs> you know, she'd be like, Ben, don't get ahead of yourself. Listen, you're not you're not that great. You make this mistake. Mm. Do you mm-hmm. get what I mean? You know, so yeah. I cherish the people around me as well. The people around me, they put me in check. Okay. It's not like how before, you know, sorry, the right. greatest treasure has just arrived. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it puts me in check. So when I get home, mm. I realize that I'm a father. I'm I'm not the yeah. preacher or international guy or Mr. Mm-hmm. Arva, as people tend to put me. Yeah. I'm a father. My daughter doesn't know me as Pastor Ben. You yeah. know, she knows me as dad, daddy, you know. Yeah. I'm going to come or and babes. interrupt what you're doing. She calls or... me babes, actually. Yeah, she doesn't call me yeah. dad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I have to come come back to earth and give everything back yeah. to him. And and mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing recently, just giving it back to him. But at the same time, acknowledging the fact that, okay, I'm strong at this, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm weak at that. So mm-hmm. let me work on the weakness and, you know improve on my strong stuff so I hope that answers the question yeah I love that you said that because what I wanted to ask next was then what are some practical steps what are some practical things that we can do to maintain um an attitude and a character of humility because it's all well and good to say it in theory and in theory it sounds fantastic but in practice when you're constantly being praised you know I talk about my position every single week or every other week I'm hearing compliments about what I do something that I love and I enjoy Um, and I know that I've put in the work to get to a level where people want to pay me to come and do things so they want to pay me to teach them yeah they want to listen to me and it can be easy to get puffed up in that sense so what yeah. practical steps can we take and what things can we do to maintain an attitude um and a characteristic of humility mm. i'd say friendship your circle i can't be proud around you that's for sure <laughs> absolutely not there is no way <laughs> yeah you know, so your circle of friends you know your circle the people that you're around they can they can congratulate you, but they can correct you. Yeah. You know. Also, be accountable as well. You know. Yeah. Um, I have a handful of people that I'm I'm open and honest with. You know. And sometimes I'll tell them and be like, Hey, look, I I, I feel like this, and they'll be like, Hold your horses, mate. You know. And and your family as well. You know, it's good to share things with your family. As I said before, my wife is literally my everything you know mm. whenever I need support and help you know when I need my daughter to leave the room she'll walk in now and and, and do that <laughs> <Same> miracle. <laughs> yeah. 
then she's like, shit, you know, but having somebody that understands your weaknesses and your strengths and can mm. level head you because as humans, we can either retract from compliments or we, mm. we grab onto them, yeah. you know, and, and I've realized that I'd, and I have these people around me where they tell me that Ben, it's not about numbers, it's about impact. Absolutely. You know, and as Absolutely. long as you're making an impact, that's what people care about. That's what God yeah. cares about. So you can have a million followers on Instagram, but no impact, you know? And so it's about the circle around you that are able to correct you and tell you these things. And I'll say this as a last one, like my, my brother, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. and obviously everybody knows him. Oh, Emmanuel Smith is and that. But one thing I love about our relationship is that we can be open and real with each other. I'd be like, sometimes you'd be like, Charlie, you didn't hit well, or like, you know, you just, yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, and I can tell him the same thing, like, bro, like that note that you, it wasn't, you know, I think you need to rest your voice this week, mm. you know, mm-hmm. so having that kind of relationship with people, it's, it's important, you know, yeah. so choose your circle wisely that they can mm-hmm. correct you as well as celebrate you as well. Okay. Amazing. I love that. Um, I kind of want to shift a little bit to something yeah. that's a bit heavier okay um but i think it's important and i think that because of what both of us have been through even in the last few months i think we can really speak to this so my pastor has actually been um taking us through a series and Mm -hmm. it's um called the cure for the joyless right the cure for the joyless and it has been so powerful just because i think as christians we we talk about having the joy of the Lord in yeah. theory again, but in yeah. practice, it can be really, really difficult. Mm. And um, I think it's such it's such a timely series and a timely mm. message. Um, and the way he's delivering it is just like, you know, you just have people, you know, in the service, they'll just be crying while he's preaching because he's really wow. just kind of, you know, hitting the point. And I think so for both of us, and the reason why I said both of us can quite re- relate to this is so we've both been in a season of grieving okay. within the last few months, right? Okay. Painful, right. painful losses. And there aren't really enough words to kind of, to, to describe the pain that we felt with the losses that we've experienced. Right. And so I guess the question is when difficult times come, because they will come, there is, there is no guarantee yeah. that we will live a pain-free life. Um, how do we navigate through those times with our faith? How do we use our faith to get us through um, the grief, the pain, the mm. disappointment, the rejection, and all of the negative things that we try as much as possible to avoid, but can't avoid? That is a serious question. I lost. It's a loaded um, one. I lost a, a close friend of mine recently. Yeah. Um, at the peak of Ava growing, mm. um, so we had just made him the head of Ava um, America, um, and we had just paid for his visa to go to Ghana this year. We was going to do a live recording, all these things. You know, this guy, amazing, amazing mm. instrumentalist, producer, the whole lot written songs for big boys you know and we had just like our our friendship had moved from friendship to brotherhood yeah Mm. and um the blueprint of our america was all centered around him and i remember when he passed away right but check this the week that we put on a prayer line for him when he was in hospital god showed me what he would do when he comes out of hospital so I saw him come out of hospital and he went harder for Christ. 
you know, I was telling everybody, and it was the night before he died, I was telling everybody, this is what I've seen in the vision, you know, I know that God is going to heal him, you know, I see him going hard, especially when he goes to Africa, you know, all these things, I've pumped everybody up. The next day, we have an all-night service, we're praying for him in an all-night service, you know, I'm prophesying what I've seen and everything to everybody, you know, at the same time, I've also prophesied as well that there's coming a time where, you know, a lot of ministers and pastors are going to be parceling away and stuff like that I saw but that. I, yeah. I was like guaranteed this guy is coming out he's coming out of hospital and right after that all night service I get a phone call that hey your bro is dead excuse me like <laughs> like I literally just text him and he replied back in the text saying hey um I've even got the messages here he was like oh um, I've had an eventful day, but I'm resting now. So that was my, you know, my my kind of go-to text that, oh, he's going to be okay. And God, mm. like, why did you show me what he's going to do when he comes out of hospital? Mm. And I've just told everybody all this thing. And God was like, will you still continue even after taking somebody close to you? Mm. Will you still go on with the vision that I've given you even after taking your blueprint away? Mm. And it... D, I cried, man. I think I cried for about three weeks straight. I cried. And what pained me more was that he had told me some stuff um, that he had gone through, and I thought that we had helped him fix it. Mm. So when I started seeing all these people pop up, um, you know, on during his death and stuff, I was like, huh? And God was like, will you still be able to minister to these people? God was like, will you still be there for the wife and for the kids? Mm. And I realized that this whole time had been selfish. Me wanting him to be alive wasn't for the fact that he was alive. It was for the fact that I wanted Arva to grow. And in that moment, I had to learn how to be still, position myself, and think about integrity. And think about, can God's work still continue? And me still be selfless and not be mm. selfish. Mm-hmm. So I remember, and, and I'm saying this now publicly for the first time, I remember I called his wife and I said, you know what? Everything that we had planned for your husband, we're still going to do it for you. Because there's a message that needs to be given to the world and given to the people. And just because he's passed doesn't mean that his vision has passed on. We mm. have to continue it. And we as Christians need to get to the place where we grieve and it's okay to do that. But yeah. it doesn't mean that the vision is dead. Mm. You know, Jesus died on the cross and the, the, the disciples were distraught. Oh my gosh, Jesus has mm. died. And imagine on the third day, he rose again and said, hey, he said to Mary, Mary I need you to tell the disciples to walk from mm. Jerusalem to Galilee. Now, this, mm. the, this revelation blew my mind. They hadn't seen Jesus in his totality. Mm. They just had to believe the word from Mary. And you know, mm. back in those days, you don't believe women. They don't have authority. Even now, self, they're still struggling Even, to Imagine, <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> and you know, they had to just believe and walk. If When I did my research, they walked, I think, over just over 80 miles. Mm. From Jerusalem to, to, what is it, 80 miles, 65 miles, one of those two anyways. They had to walk from Jerusalem to Galilee. And that's why Thomas was like, Jesus, I need to see your hands because 
I've just mm. walked all these miles. I need to see it. And we as Christians need to get to that place where we have to trust God even when we lose what he's given us yeah. physically. Can we continue? And that's why I'm not surprised that people will be tearing up during that series. Because it's it's a hard it's the harsh truth. It's yeah. reality. You mm-hmm. know, when God takes something that you depend on, can you still depend on him? Mm-hmm. You know, these are all different things that we have to learn. And in this season, I'm learning to trust God in totality, not in parts. Yeah. We prophesy in parts, you know, but God expects mm-hmm. us to fulfill this prophecy in totality. He shows us the right. end from the beginning. So what mm-hmm. God showed me was Paris fulfilling the vision through his wife. But I didn't want to. I, can, I didn't want to accept that. The vision was still being alive. God has given us a mandate to fulfill Paris's vision. Mm. Paris's vision wasn't just for himself; it was for everybody to eat from. And I'm not talking about eating from in terms of money. I'm talking about eating from the things of God. Mm. So when we lost him, it wasn't a loss; it was a gain. You know, weeping may endure for a night. God expects us to grieve and cry, but joy comes in the morning. What do mm. you do in the morning when you wake up? You know, so this is what I've been learning, like trusting God through grief, trusting him through the process, trusting him when all things are falling apart and it looks like you're losing everything. We still trust him, you know, Mm -hmm. we still trust him. So that's what I've been learning, you know, in this season. I think that that trust piece is is so big. It's It's so big. And I think every time, every time we go through a season or a cycle of grief, it's like we forget, we kind of revert back to, yeah. revert to yeah. step like step one again. Yes. So we went yeah. through a season of grief and we learned. So I use myself as an example. I remember in 2018, um, this was a former friend's auntie, right? right? So I've known her since I was a child. Um, but then I came across her again in my current church and you know, she, it took a second for her to remember me because I've grown, but then she was like, oh my gosh, you know, whatever. And she's just this, she was just always the same person, just so consistent in her kindness and her selflessness and relentlessness for other people. Um, But then she got sick. And I remember I was praying every single Hmm. day. Every time I remember her, I'll be saying, God, please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God, please. When she died, I remember screaming. I was absolutely devastated and I was like yeah but God I asked you to heal her I asked you yeah. to heal her why you know why did you why didn't you heal her why didn't why didn't you answer our prayers I know I wasn't the only person who was praying why didn't you answer yeah. our prayers and God was like but what if I healed her just not in the way that you wanted me to heal her wow her pain has stopped yeah she's no longer in place yeah. she's now at, yeah. she, in, in pain she's now at peace wow. and so at that point I at that point in the journey, I learned to accept that sometimes the way God answers prayer is not necessarily the way that we want him to. And then, yeah. hi, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, say hello. Say hello. hello. Sorry. <laughs> hi, AJ. Hi, darling. So hi, auntie. Why are you shy all of a sudden? She hi, actually gorgeous. can't hear you because I've got headphones in. Okay, all right. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah and and then recently obviously with this this more recent um loss as well that was like yeah. a different kind of pain I've never experienced that kind of pain before 
um, in my life, I quite literally, um, I literally fell on the floor. Um, If I, if I could have screamed, I would have screamed, but I didn't, I couldn't scream. And for the first time in my life, I was like, God, no, you have to, you have to wake this person up. You have yeah. to, you have to wake this person up. Yeah. Like you, th- there's no, yeah. I, if I've never prayed this prayer before, I'm praying it now. You have to wake <laughs> this person up. Yeah. I said, if you could wake up Lazarus after four days, this person, you have to wake this one up. This one. Yeah. This one. Yeah. You have to wake you. this person up. I hear you. And when it didn't that. happen, the the crushing, the, the yeah. devastation, yeah. it was, it was intense. Yeah. It was intense. And I can't even imagine what it must have been like for mm. that person's family, especially because my relationship <sighs> with that, that family isn't what it used to be. Yeah. Right. But in this process, I've learned to trust God in a different way because the way God works things out mm. is beyond anything. And so I think in answer to the question of how to navigate faith through grief and through pain and loss is trusting God, but one step at a time, not trying to see the whole picture, not trying to have the fullness of everything, but taking it one step at a time um, and trusting that he knows what's best, regardless of how we feel in the moment or at the time. Um, I I remember um, there was a time when, um, so my number two in church, um, he passed away. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting that phone call um, saying that oh um he's he's lying here dead you know and this is someone that that week he had been hosting the whole week mm. you know and he texted me and um just before um he passed away he texted me saying oh ben like i've never been to a worship experience like this before our church needed this you know and it this was my first time doing like their youth week after leaving mm. our old place Mm. So that gave me, so they said that all, like most of the old youth leaders had come back to see and marvel. He texted me that and I fell asleep. So when I woke up and I saw the message, I just replied back and I said, you know, bro, God bless you. Like, I love working with you, you know, and so I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Um, and this is somebody that if I call him, he'll pick up no matter what time it is. You know, he was mm. so selfless to this thing and he didn't reply back. And I was like, why is this guy not replying me back? Like, this guy's rude, you know? Only to find out that he had passed away that night. And they called me. They said, Ben, we're in his house. This was going on. I literally fled from Kent all the way to Oval. Just jumped in. And, and AJ had just been born. You mm-hmm. know, jumped in the Uber straight. And I went there. D, I went there guns blazing. I said to everyone, if you're not here to pray, get out of the room. You know, I prayed, I prayed with some mm. of the pastors that were there. Like, and the things that the older pastors that were there, like they had, they had already given up. But I was like, no, like, and I'm praying over the body. The body's right there. I'm praying over the body. And I'm just like, God, like I said the same thing. If you can resurrect Lazarus, then you need to do this thing. Like, you know, you need mm. to, like, you can't like, and I was thinking about everything that, that is, that is like, you know, predominantly Nigerian church. I've just come on to take over his position because he was the leader before I just had come in. And I was like, are these people going to think that maybe I killed him? Or like, you know, like I was oh, thinking, all the, so I was like, God, you need to resurrect this guy. You have to do it now. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and I remember it being silent and I'm praying and everybody outside is crying. And his mum walked in 
and um, in the Yoruba culture, like you can't bury your um, your yeah. child. I didn't know that yeah. until that day. So yeah. her seeing the body, it crushed me. Mm. this woman was rolling all over the floor crying and I was like God like how can you disgrace me like that mm. and God was like what and I remember I had a dream and God said that to me and it was like the reason why I took him is because it was my time to take him and that's when I understood the death of the righteous and you know the joke is is that on that night before where we did the worship night you can see that he was gone. The guy literally had unbuttoned half of his shirt and was worshipping. Like, and we've never seen him like that before. And I remember he hugged me at the end of the night and was like, where God took me, I've never seen that before. You can tell he was gone. Mm. He even said to us, I just want to walk home. Mm. I just want to walk home. This was like almost 12.30 in the, in the night. Was like, I just want to walk home and bask in God's presence. And we realised that God had taken him somewhere where he couldn't come back. Mm. He couldn't come back. Because if he had come back, only God knows what would have happened. Mm. And this was confirmed through three other people that had the exact same dream. Mm. That's when I knew that we need to stop being selfish when God does something. We need to start acknowledging the why God has done it, rather than yeah. how can we bring this person back? How can we question mm. God's you know, authority? He knows best. He does. And who knows yeah. what he was suffering with inside? Who knows the pain he was going through? The same thing for Paris. A lot of people didn't know that he had underlying um, health issues. But mm. only those close to him know that he was suffering with that. He's no longer suffering. And we need to get to the point where we stop being selfish and start right. thinking about the joy comes in the morning. How can mm -hmm. we celebrate the life that was lived and live on the legacy? You know, yeah. so, yeah, Absolutely. it's... It's, it's a tough thing, but we have to yeah. accept it. It takes time and we need to learn how Absolutely. to live with it. Yeah, it's heavy stuff. It's heavy stuff. But we thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. That's it. Um, Sorry, I, I need to get my charger. People... No, it's okay. I always say that I don't know how people do life without God. I really, really don't. Um, yeah. it, it baffles me because sometimes I think about some of the things that I've been through or the things that I am currently going through and I wonder what I would have done if I didn't know God, how I would have honestly, made it through. Yeah. Honestly, D, um, like, he's been my everything, like my rock, <laughs> literally, yeah. you know, and I'm grateful that I finally came to him when I did mm -hmm. because yeah. he's proven himself. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen the manifestation of God's power <laughs> like, like never before, mm. you know, and yeah. that's why I'm grateful that he can use us in this time mm -hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely so let's talk last question yeah um so although we're now at the tail end of the pandemic um yes. we've been out of church most of us have been out of church for a long time even though some of us have been in church practically all the way through <laughs> um <laughs> a lot has changed in that time and for many of us we've been unable to rely on the sunday dosage in the same way yeah. right i know that for me personally some of my most my most powerful and my greatest encounters with God and experiences with God have actually been outside of church, yes. but equally going to and being part of a church is one of the most fulfilling things. Right. So I guess I want to ask you as someone who is passionate about seeing people come to know Jesus, um, yeah. to someone who doesn't go to church, 
who isn't interested in church for whatever reason, whether because of church hurt, maybe they have a distaste for quote unquote organized religion, um, whether there's a social anxiety involved, not having found the right place, or it's just not their, their vibe. What if they, if they find that the way church runs just doesn't kind of go well with them, what Mm -hmm. advice would you give them about how to sustain and maintain their faith outside of the four walls of a church? That's a really good question. Um, have the right community around you. It's the best thing, you know, it's the best thing that anyone could do. Have the right community around you. Um, I'm not saying that the church has been outgrown out of the building, but mm. buildings don't matter anymore. Right. You know, it's about relationships. And mm-hmm. I would say to the churches, build communities for people to be able to function in it's not about the sunday services it's not about the midweek services it's about the well-being of people it's important that we we grasp that and the churches that understood that they're the ones that are flourishing now so when the pandemic hit it was it was business as usual if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because they had already built the community so and what i would say to people is that if you're not feeling church you know, thank God for the internet, you know, you can browse and see what fits mm. you, mm-hmm. you know, you can look around for different churches online and see what does that fit you, but also do not forsake the gathering of the brethren, that's also important, you can't do Jesus alone, Yeah, you can always learn from somebody, always learn from mm-hmm. someone, the reason why I go to church on a Sunday basis is because, not because I feel like I need to be in church, but it's because I love it when different revelations of Jesus are revealed to me in the company of people. You know, sometimes even you could be going through something and it's just a word that someone says or a gesture that someone gives that uplifts you. They don't even have to mention mm-hmm. the name Jesus. It's just the mm-hmm. fact that you're around like-minded people and sometimes they can sense that you're going through something. You know, hey, Ben, are you okay? You look a bit like you know like you need a hug okay it's covid (laughs) you know let me hug you from a distance (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'm saying you know Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's okay to do things on your own so you can look online look for churches and all these things but Mm -hmm. never forsake the gathering of the brethren the bible says where two or three are gathered i am there the -hmm. reason why he says that where two or three are gathered is because there's power in unity right there's power in the gathering you know, there are questions that I ask when I read the Bible, I, I text. So I have this little group between me and two other guys. And mm-hmm. whenever I have a question, I, I ask them. And one of the guys was like, ah, a whole Pastor Ben asked me. And I said, listen, nobody is above correction and nobody is above mm-hmm. learning every day. Right. And it's funny because the, the answer that the guy gave me was the lead up to the sermon that I gave on that Friday. Okay. You know, like, do you get where I'm coming from? You know, and sometimes... Yeah. It's just the gathering. It's just mm-hmm. the importance of gathering. You yeah. know, I can enjoy Thought Park alone, but if I go with people who are like-minded, it becomes a whole lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Although yeah. I get motion sickness, so I don't do I don't do roller coasters. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right. Brilliant, Ben. Okay, so this is just the last bit. Um, no so I'm gonna say something. I want you to repeat it and then I want you to complete okay. the sentence, right? Um, so my faith is. strong in christ or oh, just one word right you have to repeat what oh, i said okay. and then complete it okay okay <laughs> my faith is dependent on christ 
Amazing. What brings me the most joy is? What bring me? What brings me the most joy is people coming to Christ. And I hope for? I hope for a fearful generation that fear God. I don't know if that makes sense. You're such a pastor. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, my god oh my god oh, do you know it's, it's, it's been my heart's no, desire it's who like... you are now no the thing is it's who you are now i get it but it's just it's just so funny it's such a pastor response but it's cool it's cool all right ben to tell us where we can uh find you tell us where we can reach out to you where we can connect with you all that good stuff um yeah so i mean i'm on social media uh, mr ben ando um i think i'm mr ben ando on twitter as well i'm not sure um <laughs> I'll put it in the description boxes. Yeah, you find me on Instagram here and there. But I say to people, don't follow me, follow Arva Experience. Um okay. they're the ones that are doing a lot of work and stuff like Tell that. Tell us what Arva Experience is. Um so Arva is an organization slash a charity. Um we bridge the gap between the church and the community. So we see where there's a gap, that's where we try and fill in and help the churches do that. And we're in the prison, so we have our monthly uh, church service that we do with prisoners um, in various different prisons. Um, obviously, COVID, we're not doing that at the moment, but when things ease down, we'll be going back in. Um, we spread the gospel all over the world. Um, so we bridge the gap between the church community everywhere now. It's not just locally. Um, and we're just people that just love God. Ava means love in Hebrew. And I experience the love of God. And so it's my mandate to share God's love with everyone that I come in contact with or that Arva comes in contact with. So that's us. Um, you can find us Arva underscore experience um, on Instagram, Arva experience on Twitter. And yeah, that's, that's really about us. Um, we do monthly all night services where we pray, we see healing take place um, and we worship. And that happens every last Friday of the month. Um, and our next one is actually June 25th in London. And then we're in Liverpool and, uh, leads after that so um yeah yeah join us anytime nice <laughs> nice 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 all right let me stop recording now and that is it for my conversation with my good friend ben ando there's not much else to say except that i hope that you enjoyed the episode um and i hope that whatever phase of the journey of faith you're at um, or whatever you know faith journey you're on or whether you're just looking for some key principles to help you guide your life I hope there was something um, in it for you um, Ben's a pretty cool guy don't tell him I said that but he's a pretty cool dude um, we've known each other for a really long time and he hasn't really changed in terms of his heart um, but his heart has changed at the same time, if that even makes any sense. Um, so give him a follow. I would list all the places where you can reach out to him, but I don't have my notes to hand in typical fashion. So um, I'm going to put those details into the description box so you can reach out to him. Um, as, an, as a side note, Ben really does know a lot of bougie places to eat since he used to be a restaurant manager of a bougie restaurant. So um, if you want to know some bougie places that you can go to, um, you can do uh, the good thing and follow him. But I guarantee you, probably most of his stuff is going to be Jesus-centered. And hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. 
um yeah so reach out to ben and tell him that i sent you um if you're not following me on social media you absolutely absolutely should be even though i kind of feel like my social media activity particularly on instagram is on the decline not quite sure why but that's where we're at at the moment in any case still hit me up ayabola deborah on facebook twitter and instagram you can also hit me up on the official social media pages for the podcast ayabola deborah on facebook no that's wrong i just repeated the same thing wow okay the official social media pages for the podcast at the being pod (laughs) at the being pod on twitter and on instagram I know I said this would be the last episode of the Navigation series. We'll see whether it is because I kind of feel like there's another one coming up, maybe. Um, If you hear it, you hear it. If you don't, then you know what it is. Um, But yeah, until next time, later.